This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You got to see the public first in parts of era. I know it's it's not parts of era, it's parts of right? Yeah. I know. I got that. I got that one. Parts of era starts, with, starts right. off, and it says, "I'm very proud of you." But era el avron, but era el avron, el yitzchok ve el yakov. I appear to Avram to Yitzchok Yakov to kill Shakoi with the name of El Shakoi. Ushmi Hashem learned that dilemma, and I never told him my name of Yitzchok. Okay. Rashi says, "Why does it say by El Avram the El Yitzchok the El Yakov?" Right, so I say Elbay each one. So Rashi says, to the others. But doesn't explain himself. He doesn't explain what it means by Elbay He doesn't say anything whatsoever. The father as their father, they still would have found a Kaddish Baruchu. Yitzhak Yitzhak still would have been as great even if he didn't have Avram as a dad. Yaakov would still have been as great even if he didn't have Yitzhak as a father and Avram as a grandfather. They each would have found their way even without their father and that's the shot by the word Av. They were all Avos. They were all prototypes. They were all people that desired to be with, together with a Kaddish Baruchu in that way. So, yeah. so isn't it proved otherwise? The fact that they had an Ishmael and they had an Esau that for the fact that that shows that it's not the father, it's them. Exactly. It was them themselves. And Esau aren't evil because they were born that way. They had no choice. No, no, no. Nothing to do with being born that way. Nothing. They worked on themselves and they made themselves into something. It wasn't because of their father. That's the point. Yeah. Now we try not to. Then it's explained to us already, and we explained this a little bit. That Avram everyone understands, but I love it. Avram is the Ace Rabbi. Ace Rabbi, you don't understand. I went into an Ace Shear this past week. This past week. Yesterday, I walked, I walked into the Aishir, and I saw exactly what I'm talking about over here. The rabbi said, that's great! It's awesome! Unbelievable! He was ex- 40 times more exciting than I was. I don't want to say who it was, because it's going to be online. But like, all lovey-dovey, like, loving the guy and everything, like, hugging the guys, like, everything's all good. That's a little inappropriate. But either way, like, everything was all good. That's Avramavidu, an absolute pure chesed that he pulls in everybody. But here's the difference. He fights to the death with anyone who disagrees. You come in and you say, I don't believe in God, there is no God. He'll fight you to the death and he'll say, you're absolutely dead wrong and he'll... Boom, knock you out. Absolutely destroy you. The Pshad is that Avramidu was great and we know that from Parsh Vayera. We know how great he was with other people. But he also was known for his war against the four kings. He threw dirt against the four kings. Who throws dirt when you're in the middle of a war? Who does that? He's the man of war. I know all of a sudden it's like, that was shocking. I don't know if Avramidu knew. Who knew if Avramidu knew? The, the concept is that Avramidu was the guy who, had, who, who was able to do pure and fight those who wouldn't do it. That's why he called the base of Mikdash a horror. He called it, called it Hariyeh Why? Because of this point. He stood up on top of the mountain and looked down to see everybody who was down there to be able to fight them. That was the guy who was able to
we do everything the best. That's the concept of the har, looking around what everybody else needs. Yitzchak is a bit more complicated. Over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about him being the korban, who doesn't belong in Olam Hazda. He's the only guy who's able to become a korban. He can't see because he's not roy to see. He's not supposed to see things in this world. He seems to be the nebuch, the guy without a parsha, the guy who's like, oh, this poor guy, he gets half a toldos. And even then, all he does is digs wells that his father dug, and he goes down to the police and does exactly what his dad did by calling his wife his sister. It's a strange thing. That's what Yitzchuk is all known for, for copying his dad. What exactly is it? The pshat is, we spoke about Yitzchuk being so great. His whole birth was a pella. Malachim had to come along and tell everybody that he was going to be born. Sodom was destroyed before he was born. Sarah had to laugh for him to be born. Avimelech had to pretend that it was his child and there were late son him coming out. Yitzchuk was not a person who should have been in this world. In order for him to be in this world, there had to be a little bit of a change. There had to be more kedusha in the world. There had to be a little bit of a fooling of the suffer in order for Yitzchuk to be here. His relationship with Ritko is different than it was by any other office we said. He is pure Gavura, pure Yira, pure Minasadeh. He's Tachad Yitzchuk and he called the base of Mikdash a Sada. He called Ve'itah Yitzchuk was Suafasad. What's a Sada? Sada is a place where you make your money. Yitzchuk went to make his money in his fields. That's Parnassah because Parnassah, no matter how much you think you're putting in your Ishtablis and everything's there, guys, it was decided on Rosh Hashanah what you would make for the year. Do you believe that it was decided or do you not believe it was decided? If it was decided, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Your Ishtablis is necessary only in the smallest little bit of a form so our Kaddish Bible can give it to you in a non-Nebuchy way. But even if you wouldn't do anything, you'd win a lottery ticket. You're, it's already been decided on Rosh Hashanah. That's the concept of Yitzchak Avinu, that it's all beyond Hashem, no matter what your Ishtablis is. He plants a seed, he makes Meisharim. You ever been to Meisharim? It's an awesome place. That's it, that's that. Then there's Yaakov Yaakovinu is a short brach. That's his. He called it base ale. That's what he calls it in the sixth parsha. It's a place where it's a bias. A bias is a place where you feel protected. You feel like you're at peace with yourself. You don't have to worry. Yaakov Avinu was running away from Lavan, Esau, and later, later on he had a whole incident with Shred. He never fights a single person. And when people fight, he gets angry at them. What were you doing? Why did you fight? He's the man of absolute shalom. He calls it Shar Hashemayim, the gate of the heavens. Not the doorway of the heavens, Pesach Hashemayim. The Shar Hashemayim, because anyone can walk through a gate. A door you might have to open up, but a gate anybody can walk through. It's Shaya for everyone. His Mida is Tiferet and Rachamin. He's a combination of Ava and Yira, which is the whole essence of the world. Maybe that's the whole reason why he's the combination that everybody wants to get to. MS? Din, which is Torah, and Shalom is Yaakovina, which is Mekayim, the world, the last mission of the first part of the his ultimate love, that Avram, Avram went and fought and killed people, right? Yeah. It's quite a warrior. Chesed is not, not kindness, it's extremes. That's I'm saying, so you're really. saying that Chesed in an extreme can, can be destroyed. Fatal, I mean, yeah, you can yeah. destroy. And then you're saying, so Yaakov, Yaakov is the so exact Rachim, is not to save lives? Exactly. Exactly. It's not to fight. It's not to be able to fight. The Ramban says in the beginning of Parshat Yishtab, the Yaakov in his whole life was about Gullus and how we're supposed to fight Gullus. It's a microcosm of what our whole lives are supposed to be. He went to Aram, then back to Eretz Yisrael, then down to Mitzrayim. We go to B- 
Babel, then we go back to Eretz Yisrael for the second base of Mikdash, and then we go into Golosadel. His life is supposed to be what we do. How to get away from Rishon like tricksters like Lavan, and then hypocrites like Esau. The Kedusha Rim says Yaakov was mekakin marv with the words by Yifgabamakom in the second war, the second passage of the Sweet Parsha. He met up with the place. He just came there, even when you're in Choshech and has Shrapanim, and you don't see a Kedusha and you don't know what's going on. Everything seems confusing. We think we have absolutely no shaykhs whatsoever. We fall back on a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We say we just meet him. We just say, God, it's yours. It's in your hands. Do whatever you want. That's called Pegia. We go without any reasoning. We don't expect any help and we're just going to get it. That's what it is. Emes Ve'emunah is set at night. Emes Ve'yatsev is during the day. Ve'emunascha Ba'leilos it's a Muna at night. While Ahagim Ba'bokir Chastecha you can just tell about it during the day. We could be Machazik ourselves in the, in the Choshech. That's Yaakov in his power. He finds the Racham who kiddoshim we praise you no matter what HaKadosh Baruch I don't care what the day brought it might have been a really bad day it might have been a really really horrible day but Kiddoshim B'chol Yom Yalucha Sela no matter how messed up it is that's the power of Yaakov Inu and it's from Rechaim Torsky the Rebbe Yitzkoki Yeshiva Shomer Hashem Eskolo Avav Eskolo Hashem Yashmir Ritzoni Reav Yasev Eshem Eskolo Yishmav Yoshem Karov Hashem Mechok Rav Lecho Hashem Yikru V'Emes Shomer Hashem Eskolo Avav that's not from Avinu this is my little edition Oavav is the Oav Shomer Hashem Eskolo Avav that's Avinu God watches out for all those who love Him they call our Shem Yashmid and then he knocks down all the enemies pretty unbelievable right because that means he's the man of war Ritzoni Reav Yasev who's the Yireh of Hashem who is Yireh of Hashem that's Yitzchak and his davening will immediately be heard. So as soon as he starts something, boom, he's going to come out with Meashar. And then Avramino gets up. Yaakov gets up there. Karov Hashem lechol karov. God is close to anyone who calls out to him. Lechol shekruv emes. As long as you call out with emes. If you call out and you truly mean it, God is close to you. Think about this. That means you could be a robber of a bank. A robber of a bank with all the money in your hands and it's surrounded by swat teams. And you could say to a Kodesh Baruch right then and mean it. God, please save me. Please do something for me. And if he means it, he'll be answered. Because God is close to him. God is close to him. Don't tease me, bro. Does that mean you really want it or you just don't want to be hurt? Right there. That's not the MS. The MS means you really mean it. I want to sit there and I want to say to myself, I don't want anything to happen to me. Nothing to happen to me, not because I'm worried about my body, because I want to serve you. You say the MS, you'll be like, what? Maybe God will tell no. I also answer Hashem. He's close to you. He's right there. No, no, it means he's right there. It doesn't mean that he'll save you in the sense that you won't get you'll get away with everything. But you'll have a better chance because you're closer to God than any of the other two. And Oeb and Yireh Hashem, you'll say, they all went to jail. And Oeb Hashem and Yireh Hashem, granted, they might have to do a little bit more. But Karov Hashem, Makol Karov, that's what applies. And that's why Yaakov Inu is known as Bakol for Avram Avinu, Mikol for Yitzchak Avinu, Kol for Yaakov Inu. Karov Hashem, Lechol Karov. Because Yaakov Inu said, Yeshli Kol, he stands to that concept that it's Pega. It's like meeting up with a friend. There used to be a screen in between. You take away the screen and just say, God, you're here. I just need you. It's your falling and a plane is crashing into the ground and you just call it. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. All my inhibitions, all my problems, all my issues that I've had. If I'm crashing, God, save me now. 
And that's when a Kurdish Baruch Hu answers. That, that, that's the concept why Yaakov in his life is totally different from Yitzhak and Avram. You never notice anything about Yitzhak and Avram in his life? They don't work a day for their money. Avram just goes down to Mitzrayim, his wife is taken, the guy becomes the richest man of all time. <laughs> the richest man of all time, he doesn't do a penny of work. He doesn't do anything. He gets everything. Yitzhak Avinu. He puts a little yeah, seed in the ground. Seed in the ground. No, granted. Maybe I mean, that's why. The point is, point is, he didn't work. Yitzchok Avinu puts one seed in the ground. He has Meishar, and then he starts digging, and he finds well after well after well. Throughout the police, what the heck is going on with this guy? He finds every single well of water because that's Yitzchok Avinu and Avram Avinu's life, where everything is handed to them in a silver platter. Yaakov Avinu, I mean, look at his life. He didn't get married until he was eighty-three. Years. He worked for twenty years for the extra six, twenty years to be able to come out with what he had. Granted, a little bit of bracha, Hakadosh Baruch Hu helped him get the right sheep. Twenty years he worked. Twenty years at the age of seventy-seven to ninety-seven. He didn't get out until he was ninety-seven years old, working to be able to make the money that he had. Guys, he had a kid that was raped. A kid that was raped. That, that, that's an unreal. Well, who has a life like that? And then he had, his children get into a huge, massive fight to the point where they sold one of their brothers down to Mitzrayim and he lost him. His favorite, I don't even know how to describe that, his favorite brother for 22 years. That's, that's Yaakov in his life. He's paving the road for us for ghosts. This is what ghosts is all about. We don't get it. It's hard. Avram and Yitzhak, they live easy lives. First base to make their life. Second base to make their life. Yaakov is living ghosts. That's what it is. Loving for Bavel and Esau for the rest of time for Edom. That's what he is. That's what he's all about. The Malachim, Amachniah, to the Kokos of the Shvatim. There's ultimate Shalom at the very end, but it's hard. Well, Yasha pointed this out in such a number of lives. Life because he That's why. Anybody else would never have complained, but here's the shot why. Yaakov, his whole life is about Gullahs. So when Paro looked at him, he said, oh my gosh, you've been to get him. Like, what's wrong with you? He said, Yaakov, said, that's my life. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm leading on to my kids. That's exactly what happened. And hopefully that little bit of shortening of life was what it meant for Mashiach to come a little bit earlier. Hopefully that's what it means. He died at 147 instead of 180. That Mashiach comes just that much closer. Maybe that's what it is. Revoli Asha points this out, and it's brilliant. I think I said it last year, maybe the year before. I don't remember, but it's brilliant. Such a matzah. Even when he was down in the ground being chased by Esau, almost killed by Eliphaz. Remember? Eliphaz came over to him. <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation, by the way? Eliphaz comes back to his dad, Esau, and Esau says to him, so did you kill him? And he's like, sort of. <laughs> what do you mean, sort of? Well, I made him poor. And when you're poor, it's like you're dead. <laughs> he says, like, you didn't kill him? I killed him alawkically. <laughs> you know the Gemara Nidaran. Crazy line. I can't believe it. But even in such a matzah where there's no money, no money, he's lying on the ground with a rock underneath his head. A rock who sleeps with a rock underneath her head. Yet still, the sun set early for him. Kfitzah Saderach happened. The land was folded underneath him. Twelve stones turned into one. He had dreams of Malachim. He had oil in his hands afterward. Unbelievable miracles. All while that happened. And yet, says Eliashev, he points out, the twelve rocks didn't turn softer. Yaakovina woke up in the morning. He was like, oh, man. Oh, it was one rock. Shkoyach, I could have used a pillow. One pillow. <laughs> That's all I could have used. I didn't need 12 rocks. 12 rocks turned into one. Shadi is that a Kaddish Baruch was with you even when times aren't bad. And you will still see miracles. You just might not see the miracle that you want. You'll see different types of miracles. 
That's the pshat. It's unbelievable. Even when there's times of pain, that's such a great line from Rebel Yachim. Even when there's crazy times of pain, at the end, it's all going to be okay. Because you know HaKadosh Baruch is with you, even though it's not the soft pillow that you wanted underneath your head. That was such an unreal line. Such an unreal line. You still have to go to Lavan. Even after all that, even after the dream, you think the dream was like, so I'll take care of you, right? <laughs> he didn't hear that. He went down to Lavan. And said 20 years. 20 years. Such an unbelievable... Okay. Let's explain another part of the Parsha. And this part of the Parsha is just as good. Rachel and Leah. You know, every person has three names during their lifetime. The name that you're born with. The name that other people will call you when they see you. And the name that you have at the end where you're mitzhakim all your chasronos and you fix up everything you were supposed to do. That's from the Meashilach, the Ishvitzer. Now originally there was a chachma in the world that they used to look at the child when the child was born and they all had this bit of Ruach HaKodesh. We still have a bit of Ruach HaKodesh nowadays, we just don't get it. But you have this bit of Ruach HaKodesh that you looked at the child and you could immediately tell what he was going to be. A chacham or a tipesh, an atzel or a zaris. You could look at him and you say, oh, that's what this kid is going to be. You saw it within him. Even a man like Lava was able to tell what exactly they were and could name appropriately. Why Rachel? Rachel is a name that comes from a pasuk in Yeshaya, Nun Gimel Zion, who could and like a sheep right before it's sheared it's, she's silent can you imagine a sheep right before it's sheared just like oh my gosh not again like sitting there and he's sitting there and he's freezing cold the wool is being taken off its body and she's saying like I'm freezing I'm absolutely freezing stop it don't do it but it holds back intrinsically holds back and it doesn't let anything out that's what it means by ruffle ruffle means hold everything in and don't let it out that's what ruffle means Leia means nil-o as in weakened and thirsted for a Kaddish Baruch Hu's word. I want to hear what a Kaddish Baruch Hu has to say. Sometimes a person has to change themselves because these midos that you're born with are not always the best. But if you make them good, if you make them really, really good, they can become the greatest midos that you have. Similar to Avram becoming Avraham and Yaakov becoming Yisrael and, and Sarai becoming Sarah and Yosh... Yehoshea. No, it's Hoshea. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking because of the Pusik and the Pusik and what's it called, the Miko, what he's called, um, without the, uh, without the, the, without the hay. It's called Yoshea. But yeah, Hoshea ben Nun. Hoshea ben Nun is called Yoshua. Rachel menu Daven. And we know if she can Daven. I mean, we all know, right? Mama Rachel can cry for us again. And we know that everything that she does is going to work in Shemayim. So how does she not have a child? She's such a powerful davener. How did she not have a child at first? What was the pshat? And then she goes up to Yaakov. You know, the Pesach says that she went up to Yaakov and she complained to Yaakov. She said, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. If not for you, I would be able to have a child. You have to daven for me. And Yaakov you know, said to her, it has nothing to do with me. You daven yourself. It is all you. It's absolutely you. And he yells at her. What am I? So then she went ahead and did something else. She went somewhere else. Let's try to understand what happens over here. This is a crazy, crazy type concept. Here's the Pshapi and Rachel. The Pusik says, Rachel was jealous 
of her sister. And then she complained to Yaakov right after that. So here's what Yaakov said to her. She said, how do I know what kind of jealousy you have? Maybe you're jealous, and it's a bad thing. You're ruffled and holding back your jealousy on the inside, and that's a bad thing. I don't know if you're good or bad. Ruffle, you have to understand something about tefillah. Tefillah works on a level that you're on. Not karav Hashem l'chol karav. On a level that you're on, tefillah only works if you fix up those things that are wrong with you. If you still have something wrong with you and you start davening, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You have to fix it up. It's like, it's like trying to dig through the ground with your very bare hands. It's not going to work unless you're a badger. There's no way you're going to be able to do such a thing. It's not going to happen. Why? Because you can do it all you want. You're in the wrong place. You've got the wrong tools. Rachel, find out what's wrong with you and fix that and then go back and dive it. And then you're going to be fine. She said, I know. If I was jealous, you know the way to get rid of jealousy? Show that I'm not jealous. So she gave Yaakov Vino her maidservant. The very next pasuk, Vatitin lo as Billa Shifchasa That's the shot. That all of a she gave Billa. She showed, I'm not jealous in a bad way. I want Shvatim. I want to be part of the system. Hakashbaf, I want to do your will by having these children. That's why I want to do this. Not because I'm jealous of Leah. It has nothing to do with Leah. And even then she wasn't listened to. Until the very end, when she said to Leah, you take my husband for the night. Give me Dudayim. I just want to have a baby. When she gave up her night to Leah, that's when she was okay to have a baby. That's when we saw that the kinah that she had was a pure type of kinah. A kinah so from Tarbat Chachma that only helps. And at that point, now it became something good in which Yagata Umatsasa Tamimbo. Yagata Velomatsasa. She tried so hard and she never found a child. What happened? Yagata Velomatsasa means you tried the wrong way. You were digging in the wrong spot. You were asking the wrong tefillah. Yagata Velomatsasa? Don't believe it. That means you messed up in the beginning. It's like digging in the ground. You can try as hard as you want. It's not going to happen. That's the concept. Then there's Leah. Leah stood for Leah Gata Umatsasa. She didn't try hard and yet she found everything. Look, she didn't dive in for anybody. All of a sudden she got four kids. Reuben, Shimon, Levi, and Yudah. She didn't even try at all. What's Pshat? Pshat is don't Al Tamanbo. Al Don't believe it. Don't believe that she didn't try. Leah worked darn hard for her children. And she was because she didn't have any bad meetos, her tefillos were answered immediately. She didn't have anything wrong with her. And that's why she was answered. Akash Bar, who knew she worked so hard for the first three. And when you work so hard for the first three, God gives you a gift of number four. And Leah recognized that. She saw the fourth kid, Now I have to think Akash Baruch Yehuda was not Shaykh to this world the same way the Yitzchak wasn't Shaykh to this world. Yehuda is pure meters in a different way. In a way called Malchus. A different type of idea. She was a gift. That was a gift. It wasn't a normal child. And Leah knew that because she worked so hard for the first three. Now she gets a gift from HaKadosh Baruch And that's why it says by Shimon Levi, it says the word Batar Od. And she became pregnant again. By Batar Od, by each one of them. It's Batar Od is, where is it? Batar Od is Munach Zarko. She threw, Munach Zarko, she threw her own peckle so to speak, in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, both of them it's that way. By Yehuda, Pesach Lamed Hay, Batarod, Kadmo V'Azwa. 
Kadma Be'ezlah. Then it just came back right to her. The Kadma Be'ezlah was one thing like that and one thing like that. The Pashta and the backwards Pashta. Why? Pshat is, you gave, HaKadosh Baruch Hu throws it right back at you. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was doing for you. That's from the Mashi law. What an unbelievable line and that's the concept of Yudah and that's our Shemon Esrei. The Kone HaKol. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying this to everyone. Vizokher Chasti Avos. And he remembered the Chesed of the Avos that everything the Avos did is going to come right back to us. And he's going to bring a redeemer for his children, right? Because of the others, right? Laman Shmo. He's going to do it for himself. HaKadosh Baruch will not bring Mashiach in the schus of the others. He will not bring Mashiach in the schus of any person alive. He's going to do it purely for his own sake. Why? Because when a person davens for something, that thing that he davens for has limitations. If HaKadosh Baruch gives it, it's given without limits. HaKadosh Baruch knows that. So he gave the first three children because the lay is davening. The fourth child is without limits. Mashiach ben David. That's Yehuda. If we daven for something, he'll give us everything. But Mashiach has to come from him. So Mashiach can be limitless. Mashiach ben Yosef will come from our tefillahs. And our tefillahs allows there to be a Mashiach, allows the base of Mikdash to be rebuilt. Maybe even allows the Arabs to be kicked out of the land in some way, shape, or form. But it will not give us our permanent peace. Permanent peace will only be given by Akash Baruch himself. He has to give it. And that's the pshat behind Laman Shmo B'Avon. That's what we're saying. Every person's relationship with Akash Baruch is unique based on that. And that's the concept of what we're doing. So here's the summary. Each Av had their own mission in finding Akash Baruch Each Av found it and did something special. Yaakov Avinu's job was to find Hashem in Golos and Choshech. And His power is for us today. We use it and we improve because of it. Rachel's tefillahs were only accepted after she worked on herself. After she made herself as great as she was. And number four, once you work and tefillahs are accepted, an extra gift is given over to you. An extra gift is handed over to you after you work so hard and you receive your gift. You'll be given even more. And that's a promise and it'll be something that's limitless. That's the concept. If you're worthy, it'll be the tr- most tremendous gift you'll ever receive. That should be the end of this year. Have a good job, guys.